Hey folks, what's good? I hope you're having a great one wherever you may be. Chris Brooks here with the 615 Preps crew for another edition of the Mid-State 48 Preview Edition. In this round, it's Class 4A and Class 5A. And we got a lot of teams to get to, so let's go ahead and bring everybody on. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. Hanging in. Ready for Doing football. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. All right. Yeah, there's a lot to get to. The... Four and five A are always interesting because you have enough teams that can make a lot of noise late in the postseason, and we we saw that last year. Obviously, in four A, Procon went kind of far, but didn't quite make it as far as they wanted to. Five A was a lot of fun, but between between Green Hill, Page, Springfield, Nolansville, those teams, you know, they provided a lot of excitement in the postseason. As you mentioned, Chris, the the gap is narrower. Uh, in 4A and 5A, in, in the smaller classifications, you have the teams that are loaded with talent and the teams that don't have as much talent. Everybody has talent in 4A and 5A. Uh, it's a matter of executing, having the coaching, getting some breaks at some times, uh, but the gap is a whole lot narrower, and you can have anybody make a run. Yep. And one of the things that we were talking about in the first episode was some of the changes coming in 2022. And there's a lot of coaching changes that have happened during the off season as well. And let's look at some of those, you know, 19 coaching changes for head coaches in the area in 2022. Uh, some of the names, Devin Arnold, the Antioch, former Lisbon Academy assistant, Jeff Tomlinson goes from Montgomery central to Dixon County. Chase Brooks comes over from beach to goes to East Robertson to become the head coach there. Another Lipscomb Academy assistant, Corey Stewart, at Ezel Harding, who's back in 11-man football for the first time in a couple of years. Justin Geisinger from Pope Prep to FRA. Uh, Michael Stevenson takes over at Glencliff. Steven Jackson, kind of the big name on this list, going from Oakland to Gordonsville as a first-time head coach. Uh, Grace Christian gets Bobby Miller to fill that head coaching role. Scott Stidham from South Gibson to Independence. Jarhead Snead takes over at Kenwood. Bill Alexander heading the Liberty Creek program that first year of school, he was the former assistant at Beach under Anthony Crabtree. Corey Wright takes over Montgomery Central after Jeff Tomlinson left. Claude Townsend at Northeast. Brian Sneed now ascends to head coach at Pope Prep. Republic also back in 11-man for the first time in a couple of years. Curtis Carter is the head coach there for the Trailblazers. Brian Guthrie, an assistant at Rockville under Rick Rice, is now the new head coach for the Rockets. Preston Scott, who was once in Metro as a head coach, is back in Metro at Stratford, recently taking over there. Rob Gallowitz now at West Creek, and Chad Broderick coming from Gallatin to White House Heritage. Guys, you look at this list. Um, we talk about Stephen Jackson, but is there another name here that stands out for y'all? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. And, uh, Michael Stevenson with Glencliff. Um, you know, that was a program that was on life support couple of years ago um and you know he's come in uh and and has done a good job uh of bringing in and getting players getting people excited back uh into that program it'd be interesting to see what kind of success he has at glencliff and uh getting that program uh turned around i'll go with two on the list uh if you'll show that list one more time i believe it is uh Scott Stidham at Independence and uh, Brian Sneed at Pope Prep. Both of those guys, other than Coach Jackson at Gordonsville, probably inherit the most talent out of any of these coaches on this list. Uh, Independence having um, 
a tight end that just uh, flipped from Ohio State to Alabama, having a quarterback that's uh, got Division One offers, and then Pope Prep, of course, with Michi going to uh, Pittsburgh and some other talent there at holding D1 offers. Both of those guys, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do in their first year head coaching with all that talent because the pressure's on real early for those two guys. Yeah, certainly there at Pope Prep, uh, as you mentioned, there's going to be some – uh, some high expectations there, tough, tough job with some talent there, of course. And I know you mentioned Steven Jackson. I'm still just so interested to see. Gordonsville's a team that I followed for several years, and uh, he's kind of been, been groomed for that job there at Gordonsville. And, of course, uh, the, the uh, experience he had working with Coach Kevin Creasy over at Oakland brings a world of experience. They're very excited about Steven Jackson. I'm just uh, – I'm – can't wait to see what he's able to do with that Gordonsville program. I think he's uh, he's going to have a really fun team to watch this year. And you look over at FRA with Justin Geisinger coming over from Pope Prep. What he was able to do at Pope Prep and building that program into a contender in D2 AAA, he now has that challenge at FRA in arguably as tough a region as what he was facing because with the challenge of CPA and Lipscomb Academy and Davidson Academy ahead of him, you know they've got a lot of work to do, but he has a track record of helping build teams into contenders. So that's one I'm going to be looking at closely. And East Roberts as well. Chase Brooks in there for the first time as head coach. No, he's going into a situation where they can be contenders in that region right away. So those are going to be some interesting, interesting teams to follow in 2022. We're going to get into 4A. Scott, you got something? Oh, I was just going to say Corey Stewart is another one, uh, at, you know, bringing that uh, program back to 11 man. Uh, after leaving Lipscomb, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how he handles that conversion over, and uh, and and what kind of success he has there. Yep, yep, for sure. So we get to go over Class Four A and Class Five A in this episode, but before we do, we want to hear from our new friends at Miracle Auto Group, real quick. Hi everyone, it's Jim Galvin, Miracle Ford, your Ford dealer in Gallatin, Tennessee since 1980. Great news, beginning now. When you need service, we can come to you. Our mobile service van comes to you wherever you are, whether you need oil changes, lube, routine maintenance, warranty, filters, wiper blades, batteries, bulbs, recalls, and more. Visit our website or call us now. Are you ready for the miracle? The thing I'm most impressed with that, with that ad was my man Robert going down that list. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that's was, how he is in real life. I was uh, One quick too, change yeah. on that, though. Uh, if you would like to set up an appointment uh, for the mobile van uh, to come out and service your vehicle, that number is now 615-675-5092. So call in and go ahead and get your appointment set to get your oil changed, get your tires rotated. If you have a recall on your vehicle, go ahead and get that taken care of. All right. Good stuff from Miracle Auto Group. Happy to have them on in 2022 as a title sponsor of the Mid-State 48. We'll have some new graphics for them just a little bit later on in this preseason before week one gets around to us. Want to dive into Class 4A, and we started in Region 4 with Upperman being the kings of this region again. 12-2 and two last year, a semifinal appearance for them. Macon County was second, DeKalb County third, and those are the teams we're going to focus on mainly in this region as they're the ones in our coverage area. Stone Memorial was fourth, Cumberland County was fifth, and Livingston Academy was 0-10 with one of the, honestly, a really rough year for the Wildcats up there 
in Livingston Academy's territory. It was just a, it's a bad year for them all overall. Um, Opperman, you know, until further notice, it looks like they're the kings of the jungle here. Guys, you agree? Yeah, yes. and I'm going to be seeing some of this Upperman team this year. I'll be working some of their football games, actually, and uh, I don't see a step down this year, guys. And uh, they made a deep run into the postseason last year. And uh, Adam Kane is a coach. I don't know if he gets his due, how well he does coaching that Upperman football team. But, you know, they've got the talent. They've got a running game. They've got size. They've just got all the elements. To me, guys, they're still the king of the mountain. I think Macon County is going to be better this year. DeKalb County's got some exciting players back. But until further notice, like you say, I think Upperman's king of the hill. I agree. I, and you talked about uh, how good of a coach uh, Adam Kane is. If you want to know how good he is, just look at what uh, Squatch County has faced since he left and became the coach uh, at Upperman, uh, a repetitive, uh, repetitive playoff team there at Sequatchie until Coach Kane left, and I believe Sequatchie missed the playoffs last year and possibly the year before that. Uh, so Coach Kane is definitely a good football coach. Uh, Upperman is stacked. They're going to be right there, uh, possibly in the semifinals. Uh, again, uh, going up against uh, a Elizabethan or a Greenville or somebody from up in that Knoxville area. Uh, but when you look at this other uh, part of the region, I believe Macon County probably takes a little bit of a step back. Uh, I believe two and three are still the same two teams, uh, but I believe DeKalb probably has that advantage this year to get the two spot and making uh, finishing there in the three spot. Yeah, I, th I think you're right, Cam. I, I like, uh, uh, again, Upperman, uh, you know, as Tom said, they're, they're the king until somebody pushes them off. Um, but uh, as far as this uh, DeKalb County Tiger team, uh, they got a really good quarterback in Briss Trap, uh, uh, and then he's he's got a, a cousin there playing wide receiver Malachi Trap that they are really really high on. I think that combination you're going to see uh, a lot of. Uh, they're a very senior laden team. Um, they have uh, you know they have a lot of leadership on that. Uh, Macon County also has a lot of, uh, of seniors, but I think that they've lost some players uh, at uh, at key positions, um, you know, especially uh, youth at uh, running back and defensive back, and I think that plays into DeKalb County's strengths. I want to go back on that DeKalb County team for just a minute there, Scott. And uh, one player I want to mention, Colby Barnes, their outstanding senior running back. In his first three years when he's been out there, he's been great. He's had a little bit of trouble with injury. But now if they get Barnes out there, they've got three starters back on that offensive line, some good size with guys like Ian Jones and Shady Rankhorn. Get Colby Barnes going, and then you add the element of Briz Trapp, the Southpaw quarterback who's had a year under his belt. He's playing with more confidence throughout the course of the summer. I do like this DeKalb County team. And a young man on the defensive side of the ball to keep an eye on is Ari White. Ari is going to be the starting middle linebacker. Now, this kid was so talented last year as a sophomore, they actually got him on the field at defense, even with a veteran inside linebacker. They put Ari in at nose guard. He had a great year. He'll be stepping back to his natural position. So there's some talent on both sides of that DeKalb County lineup. We'll see them very, very early out of the year in week three. I'll be at the Cap County on September 1st for that Thursday night showdown with Macon County. That is one of our spotlight series games for 2022. 
And looking forward to that one because that one's going to really shape up, you know, that two, three spot in this region. It's going to come down to the winner of that game more than likely. So be glad to see those two teams go at it in a key region game in week three. Let's take a look at region five in class 4A and this monstrosity of a region with nine teams in it. Oh, my gosh. Oklahoma won it all. 15-0 had that storybook run and the epic state championship double overtime win. In Chattanooga, Pearl Cone was second, 11-2 and two finished for them. Montgomery Central was third, and Marshall County was the fourth and final playoff team from Region 5 in 2021. Um, guys, this region, probably more than any other, has the potential for turnover in 2022, simply because of a lot of losses by a lot of teams up to, or toward the top. So what do yeah. you think? Well, so, Tullahoma, Tullahoma is uh, – well, uh, just gonna say uh, uh, they've lost their head coach. Uh, he retired, rode off into the sunset after that uh, uh, after that uh, victory. But I th- I think that based on what we've seen this uh, this year, Pearl Cone looks incredible. Their defense looks outstanding, and I think that right now, um, you know, without any games being played, that te- that's going to be a team that's going to challenge. I think all the way through. Um, but I agree with you, Chris. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of room for who's going to be third and fourth, and a lot of drama is going to play out during the season on that. So you beat me to it, Scott. Uh, I was going to say the same thing about uh, Pearl Cone is definitely the early favorites, uh, and rightfully so. Had a very good spring, very good summer. Uh, returned quite a bit from last year's team. Um, you know they came off of a state championship appearance the year before last had a little bit of a rebuilding year. If you call 11 and two, a rebuilding year. Uh, but uh, I look for Pearl Cone to be the class of the region. And I think there's a little gap between them and the rest of the region. Uh, but the team that I'm most excited about in this region is Greenbrier. Uh, Nathan Robinson may be in a Tennessee volunteer fan. Uh, he's committed to Tennessee uh, and then along with a Knox Catholic transfer uh, in Lawson, also joining him on the defensive line. Their defensive line may be one of the best in the mid-state, regardless of classification. Uh, I really think Greenbrier could take a step into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm kind of curious to see what Greenbrier does this year as well. By the way, it's their 100th year of football, so they've got something to celebrate just right off the top. But you mentioned Nathan Robinson. He's going to be one that everybody's going to be keeping their eye on. They like the leadership on this team. They like the overall experience on this team. And I think this has got a Greenbrier team has got some good depth. I think they're going to take a big step forward, guys. I think they got a good shot at making the playoffs. But, of course, I think we all look at it and say Pearl Cone is probably the cream of the crop right now with that whole true during the season. We'll find out soon. Yeah, and you look at a team like Creekwood and see if they make, can make a jump back into the playoffs after missing last season. Um, Tullahoma looks like they're going to have to rebuild. Pearl Cone – top of the list more in my mind. Montgomery Central's the team here that I'm kind of curious about because Jeff Tomlinson left to go to Dixon County. And now they're going to have to figure out exactly because they're changing everything on offense and on defense as well. Is this the same Montgomery Central team that went nine and three last year or do they have to do a little rebuilding of, the, of their own? Because if they do, there's another playoff spot that might be up for grabs in this region. And it could be a wild race between these between these teams. I 
I mean, I just see, I just see carnage in this region, Chris. I see, I see, you know, teams eating other teams and, and it being a mess somewhere in that third, fourth spot there. I think Greenbrier, uh, I know coach Elmore is, uh, is, is excited about the season. He's looking forward to it, but, uh, you know, he also said that if you look at, uh, the teams in front of him, he's, 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 uh, got, uh, he, he'll tell you he's got his work cut out for him. Let's look at some of these games in the schedule for this year. Uh, you look at, uh, like a Tullahoma at Pearl Cone. Pearl Cone's going to want some revenge on Tullahoma because he lost to him twice last year. Montgomery Central at Greenbrier, one of those key games for Greenbrier to, to take a step up in this region. Then they go to Creekwood the following week. Marshall County at Pearl, Marshall County at Pearl Cone might be one of these games where we kind of see how it's going to shape up if anybody can challenge Pearl Cone. Between Marshall County and Greenbrier, I think those are the two games for me on Pearl Cone's schedule that will determine if they run away with this region or if somebody can make it close. I agree. Uh, if you look last year, the – Greenbrier Pearl Cone game was a seven point game until I believe right at the start of the fourth quarter. And I believe that game wound up being like 28 to nothing, uh, 28 to seven. Uh, Greenbrier was right there. They, they, they've they gotten better. Now, of course, Pearl's gotten better as well. Uh, but that is a for sure trap game uh, for Pearl Cone on the 14th of October, uh, heading to Greenbrier uh, in a kind of an odd place to play. It's not necessarily a difficult place to play, but it's a difficult kind of setting. It's, it's kind of a, a unusual setup there at Greenbrier. It's a good place to watch a game, though. I've been there several times and uh, enjoy going over there and maybe able to get back out there at some point this year. That Procon Greenbrier game looking mighty good on the schedule for a potential spotlight series game, but we'll have to see. Anyway, before we move on, let's hear a little bit from Innovate Medical as we get ready to get into 5A. Moving on to Class 5A, we start in Region 5, and Green Hill was one of the stories of 2021 with their emergence onto the scene in their first year of playoff eligibility, going 11-2, and winning the region, going to the quarterfinals in 5A. Just an outstanding year for Josh Crouch's bunch over there in Mount Juliet. Uh, they kind of left a trail of destruction in their wake in this region just the way they beat everybody up. They beat Station Camp, they beat Mount Juliet, beat Wilson Central, now – one thing about Green Hill, though, they did play in a lot of close games last year where a bounce needed to go their way, and they did get it. So I'm looking at this team as like, yes, they went 11-2, and two, but they could easily have been 7-4 and four or 6-5. and five. This region has uh, – you talked about turnover in that last uh, region. Uh, this region has a possibility for some turnover as well. I believe Green Hill is still probably the favorite – uh, but it is about a slim margin. I look for Matt Juliet to be better. I look for Hillsboro to get back in the playoffs this season. And I also look for Station Camp to show that last year was not a fluke. I'm not saying that they will finish second or first again, uh, but I look for them to have a repeat uh, appearance in the playoffs out of this region as Station Camp just received a transfer uh, from Knox West uh, that I believe will help the Bison stay in the playoffs out of this region. But I look for Green Hill to still be the class of the region, but it's a whole lot closer. Mount Juliet will be better. Hillsborough will be back in the playoffs. 
and I also see uh, Station Camp uh, remaining in the playoffs as well. Yep. Well, it's, it's uh, again, another uh, region where a, a lot of it's going to, you know, a, you know, one game here or there could, you know, upset somebody's season really, really quickly. Um, Green Hill, lots of talent. Coach Crouch has that team uh, really uh, flying. They've got talent at the on both sides of the ball. Um, Senior-laden lineup, a lot of good things there. Station Camp had kind of a late-season swoon uh, that kind of hit them, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if they come out of that. And how do they come out of that? Do they start the season strong, or is you know do you have a continuation of that? Um, I do think Mount Juliet is going to be much improved. They have a linebacker there and Ethan Crisp that's going to, uh, you know, he's going to go to Vandy. Uh, he's just a wrecking ball in the middle. Uh, but I, I do think that the, you know, the, the real battle is going to be interesting between Wilson central and Hillsboro. If station camp does manage to, uh, you know, you know, continue on that growth path that they're on. Uh, it'll really be interesting to see because Hillsborough's got a lot of talent there, a lot of talent, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to keep them out. I think this is a region. I, I love this region, guys. First of all, Green Hill. I think this is a Green Hill juggernaut type team that's here to stay. They, they've got so many players back. They've got so much experience back. They've got a lot of seniors back on this team. They've got the taste of the success. They want to take it a step further. I like Green Hill in this region. I think they're fantastic. I was just shocked by Station Camp and how well they played last year. But you mentioned it. They had a bit of a swoon late in the season. Can they put it together and have a full season and make some noise in the playoffs? They certainly were. I thought a pleasant surprise last year. Hillsborough, like you say, I think they're going to be back. They're going to be back in the mix this year for a playoff spot. Mount Juliet is a team, again, I, I look uh, – to me, it's Mount Juliet. Green Hill 1 and 2 is going to do a battle right there. And I know we're not talking about White County as much because they're not in our uh, demographic, but people better not sleep on White County. They've got a 2,000-yard running back in Malachi Dowell that's back this year, and, and they've got a lot of kids back from their team last year. They finished out of the playoffs, but they had one of their best seasons in recent memory. So it's tough for White County because there's a lot of good competition ahead of them. But don't be surprised if they uh, sneak up and at least keep it close with some of the big boys in this region. Yeah, and and I, you know while we're talking about teams not to sleep on, I think Wilson Central's the other one. Coach Deadman is, uh, you know, he's always his kids are always ready to play. Um, he's got eight returning on offense, including four offensive linemen, and he's got a heck of a kicker over there. The problem is going to be defense. They don't have any, but I think they have three returning on defense, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be trouble in this region where where teams can actually put points on the board. Yeah, we look look, look at these schedule for some of these region games coming up in Region Five Five A. Station Camp Hillsboro in week number two. You don't get many region games in week two, but this is one of them. We'll kind of see where Hillsboro is because they're going to factor into this race in a lot of ways. And a lot of ways, they're going to be at home for most of these games too, which will be a plus for them. Mount Juliet at Wilson Central, September 23rd. Station Camp at Mount Juliet, September 29th. That was the game where 
Station Camp kind of knocked Mount Juliet off of their unbeaten perch. They both they were both unbeaten at the time last year. We'll see where those two teams stand when they get to September 29th. October loaded with good games there. Station Camp at Wilson Central on the 7th. The 21st, Mount Juliet at Hillsboro and Green Hill at Station Camp. And then week 11, Wilson Central at Hillsboro and arguably the game that I have circled on my calendar, Mount Juliet at Green Hill. That is a blood game. That is a revenge game. Mount Juliet is out for every bit of it, and Green Hill doesn't want to give any of it up. Yeah, Guys, if you, if you want to know how bad that they dislike each other, uh, me and Chris was covering a uh, spring scrimmage over at Green Hill School, uh, and their uh, SI director over there asked us, uh, basically, what can they, uh, if we cover a Mount Juliet game on the spotlight, what do they have to pay to be the sponsor of that game? They want to put their logo <laughs> on Mount Juliet's game. That's that just goes to tell you how much they dislike each other, uh, and and they're so close together. It's, it's sort of like uh, Alabama Auburn. When you think of college uh, sports, you know the, the the closeness and location. Just and you know they're best friends outside of football too. That's the worst part. Uh, but it's all about those bragging rights. Yep, that's a red wedding game. <laughs> <laughs> Week 11 will be a fun one for sure. Uh, let's move on to Region 6 in Class 5A. We start with the standings from 2021. And Page won this region and got to the Blue Cross Bowl and had a shot to force overtime in that championship game before falling short against Powell. 13-2 season for the Patriots. Charles Rathbone's bunch, you know, a very good year. It just fell a little short in the championship game. Columbia was seven and five and finishing second. Nolensville was third with a five and seven mark overall, three and two in the region. Franklin County was the fourth and final playoff team from Region Six. I look at this region and you know what comes to mind quickly is Page and what they can do to reload because you know losing Jake McNamara quarterback definitely hurts, but they have an idea that they can still be a contender to win this region this year. Scott, I know you, we talked to them immediately today a few days ago. And they're still feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Coach Rathbone, you know, he, he's not going to give in. He's not going to give up. He's not going to, you know, you know, tell you coach speak. He's tell you that uh, he's going out there to win, and he believes his team can do it. He's got, uh, he's got a good uh, uh, all-state linebacker in Colin Hurd. He's actually going to play quarterback. Um, so, you know, when you have a hard-nosed linebacker uh, at, at your quarterback position, you're, you're going to make people pay. You're, you're going to go out there and, and run the ball. And I, But uh, as much as that is, you know, when you look across, I think the, the team in this region that really stands out is Nolensville. They have talent to spare. I mean, Colby Walton is, uh, you know, He's an excellent, uh, excellent quarterback, but uh, I think the Chance Fitzgerald, uh, he, he's another one of those kids that, you know, I don't know whether he'll, he's Mr. Football material, but he should be. He can make any catch out there. And Samson Johnson doesn't get a whole lot of, a whole lot of talk about at the running back position. The kid can fly, and he's tough. I think Nolansville has – one of the most potent offenses out there. And if, and you know, if you're not careful, 
uh, they'll run you over. I agree. I, I actually look for Nolansville to uh, take this region this year. Uh, not anything against the Page Patriots, but they lost uh, a Division One quarterback in McNamara. Uh, they lost some some key parts of their offensive line. I look for Page to still be right there. I look for that game with Nolansville to be a great game, a game that maybe we may cover. Uh, but I just think I give the edge to Nolansville early on. Of course, uh, the way seasons play out, if injuries or something like that occur, I could definitely see Page still winning the region. But the early vote for me is probably Nolansville taking this region uh, with Page a close second uh, and then the rest of the region following up. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think uh, Nolansville is going to take that step up. But I was kind of surprised Nolansville took a bit of a step back last year. They've been so competitive since the program came into existence. I had a bit of a down year last year. Page is still going to be good. I think arguably it's 1-2 Nolansville Page. And again, uh, Cam, you point out injuries can change things. And by October 7th when they go up against one another, you know, we'll see what kind of condition these two teams are in and, and how much Page has grown and developed some young talent by that point. Yeah, that October 7th game is one on the calendar for the region. They, they played a very close playoff game that came down to the final play last year. Uh, can't forget Columbia here that they're starting to kind of make some headway in this region as well. Um, they'll be a contender in this region, but I do think that Paige and Nolensville are, are a pretty good one too right there in region number six. Region seven. Gets us out west towards Springfield, Henry County, and that bunch, the Yellow Jackets at Springfield, 10-3 and last year, a perfect region record to win Region 7-5A. Henry County finished second, but they went to the, to the semifinals, and Springfield got knocked out in the quarters. Kenwood was 5-6, and 2-3 and three in region play. Portland was the fourth playoff team out of Region 7. Northeast and Northwest were left on the outside looking in. As we look at this region, you know, Henry County – Eight and six last year, a little bit of a, a down year regular season wise, but in the playoffs they showed up. And people don't uh, remember uh, Henry County had, had a huge lead on Page uh, early on in that game in the semifinals before Page mounted that comeback yeah. and some wild stuff happened there in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was probably one of the most entertaining high school games of the season last year, regardless of classification. Uh, I look for the Yellow Jackets to probably still take this region, but I look for the gap to be really close with Henry County. Uh, we've seen Portland several times this spring, this summer. Portland is is a pretty decent ball club. I look for them to, to still be a playoff team and possibly bump up to that three spot. I don't believe uh, any of these uh, others like Kenwood, Portland, Northeast, Northwest, I don't believe they're quite to the level of Henry County and Springfield. Uh, Look for Northeast possibly to try to sneak into the playoffs this year. Uh, you know, Kenwood, Portland, Northeast, you know, those three three teams fighting for two spots. Cam, I'm with you. I like Springfield in this region. And, of course, you can't count out Henry County. But with me, Springfield brings back uh, All-State quarterback and Devin Crenshaw. And that's where it starts with me for a Springfield team that I thought was a nice surprise last year as well. They're a little bit more experienced this year after having that excuse me, a fantastic season. If they've got one concern this year, it's uh, probably going to be depth. For Henry County, last year, you know, we, we kind of scratched our heads about them for a lot of the regular season. But Henry County is always ready when it counts, and that comes playoff time. So, you know, can Springfield, can that experience pay off for them? No, they got to the quarterfinals last year. But uh, with that experience from last year and a year back for some of these players, help get them over the hump and maybe take, 
a step, maybe two more in the playoffs this year. Well, I, this year I think Henry County uh, takes another step forward. I think that uh, they're they're moving back up. Now, that being said, uh, I think it's really going to come down to that September 30th game is going to be uh, – I mean, that's pretty obvious. That's most likely going to be for the for the region. But I think that that t- game right now is – is somewhat even. Uh, I never, you know, it's hard to go against a, a Dustin Wilson team, especially uh, his defense. Uh, it's amazing. But, uh, and they've got a lot of talent. Uh, but I think uh, the the story, I think Portland is uh, ready to make, uh, move up to that third spot and uh, and hold on to it. I think that they've got a, a good running game. I was out there uh Watch them against Trousdale, and uh, th- their running game is is spot on. Uh, their quarterback, uh, you know, Braylon Dallin, he uh, he he was making nice, crisp passes. They had the short passing game going, but they weren't afraid to take shots deep. Uh, I, I think that Portland's got it. Uh, yeah, the the Clarksville teams, there's so much turnover over there with coaches and. And and things of that nature, it's it's really hard to get a uh, a a beat on them. But I would think that right now, Northeast has probably got the inside track. Uh, they brought in Cla- Claude Townsend. Uh, he's a, a, a disciplinarian. He's a he, he's a, a, a an armed forces guy. Um, he, he's got talent. He's got Jaden Puig at quarterback. He's still got Desmond Fort and Tykes Blanton. There's talent there. I think this team. If uh, if he if they can uh, put it together, can make a run. Uh, but I like Northeast to uh, to round out those four. Yeah, the way the schedule looks out, it, it there's some intrigue in those Week 11 games of Kenwood and Northeast and Henry County and Portland. But uh, number one and number two will probably be decided, like y'all said, that September 30th game with Henry County traveling to Springfield for what should be a region championship game between those two teams. That does it for 4A and 5A. We're through five of the nine classes in Tennessee. Two more preview shows to go for us. Next up, 6A gets one all their own, just because there's a lot of teams there, (laughs) just to be honest. But uh, keep it right here on Mid-State 48 with a 615 Preps YouTube channel. I want to thank Miracle Auto Group and Innovate Medical for sponsoring our shows this year. So for Tom Duggan, for Cam Reed, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you for watching it. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time with more preseason previews on the Mid-State 48. Take care. Peace.